All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Neil World Order Podcast. Coming to you, uh, unfortunately, on another snowy night here in Wisconsin. Uh, I think we're going to get like one to three inches tonight. We got about, I don't know, six to eight inches on, (laughs) so did your mother. No, um, what was it? Wednesday night? Or Thursday night into, uh, yeah, it was Thursday night. And then, you know, they had said we were going to get anywhere from three to a foot. And it came came crazy on uh, Thursday night. Got blizzard conditions. Like, I was actually out driving. I was like, there's not many times where I'm like, whoa. You know, unless it's icy that I come in. But visibility went to shit. There was nobody on the roads. And, uh. Looks like winter's sticking around for, you know, the last 10 days she's got left before it's officially spring. Actually, I think spring starts on the 20th tonight. Uh, Daylight savings times, uh, your clock, you're going to lose an hour of sleep tonight, so your weekend's going to get cut short by an hour tonight. Uh, Hope everyone remembers that. I, I don't think anyone really uses alarm clocks anymore, so... I mean, pretty much our phones and Apple Watches or smart watches do it all on their own. So you're pretty much left to change your appliances and your uh, your car radio. Remember that used to be like the biggest headache? At least it was for me. Back, and they're simple now. But it seems like back in the day you had to like hold the, the power button while twisting the volume or press tune and something at the same time for the clock to blink. And then you had to remember which one changed the hour, which one changed the minutes, and then... Or, the, you know, there were those people who, like, left it. They never changed their clock till it finally, you know, till we fell back in the fall or vice versa or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it seems like they've kind of made that simple for us now. Uh, I guess th- there's an advancement in technology we can all get behind. But, yeah, another snowy night here. Uh, a week from now, I will be in sunny Florida. We'll be in Orlando area for a couple days before heading up to uh, Orange Beach, Alabama to spend some time on the Gulf. Right now the forecast there is not looking too great. It looks like it's going to rain like every day. I'm trying to be positive, manifest that positivity that the weather will change. I mean, we're a week away. I know what it's like when I look at the weather. I I honestly don't look at the weather reports here anywhere, I guess, much because I'm like, it's always going to change. You know, it's never... It seems like the weather is always kind of meh. You know, it'll say one thing and do another. And so, yeah, I never really put a lot into it. So I don't I don't stress it. I just kind of live my life. And I, I can't really control the weather. So what does it matter anyways? I guess you could be a little more prepared, take an umbrella, wear a coat. Oh, the other day I wish I'd worn my boots. You know, unfortunately I just wore tennis shoes to work. But... Uh, anyways, so I don't know how many of you got the chance to last week or maybe this week um, to listen to uh, The Bourbon Sessions, Volume 1. Um, if you haven't, I, I urge you to do so. Uh, if you're into bourbon or just a couple guys hanging out, shooting the shit, you know, I'm, I'm hoping this is the first of many episodes we'll be doing, sampling bourbon, you know, just kind of bullshit and talking about life. I've received uh, some positive feedback from the people that have listened and, you know, and and like like I kind of said leading into it, it it was fun. You know, I look forward to doing it again. We're probably going to do maybe add a little more structure to the next episode. 
we were kind of just feeling it out and kind of seeing how it would work. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I, I thought it was cool. It was nice, you know. I always envisioned doing this with, like, a couple people, almost like a panel, and we just kind of have conversation. And, you know, it got to a couple points during the bourbon sessions where, yeah, I forgot I forgot we were recording and the mics were there and we were just talking. And, and that that's kind of how I always wanted this to be. But, yeah, if you haven't uh, tuned into it, uh, it's available just like you would go listen to uh, my episodes, it falls right in line. It just says Bourbon Sessions Volume 1. But um, not sure what the timetable is on how we're going to do these. Uh, sometimes it's tough doing two podcasts in one week. We may move it to a Friday night. We may do them every couple weeks, once a month. You know, that's a lot of whiskey drinking anyways. But uh, we're game. But, yeah, definitely go check out the Bourbon Sessions. Give us some uh, feedback. Let us know what you thought. Um, like I said, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Can't wait to do it again. Actually drinking some uh, Old Forester 1870 original batch tonight. Drinking it neat uh, so you won't hear the ice clanging. It says this it says Old Forester is the first bottled bourbon. It was bottled this bo- Old Forester um, 1870 was when they were founded at uh, Louisville. And uh, this 1870 uh Original batch. I'm drinking 90 proof. Smells really good. It, it, it's got it's got some heat to it. I I, I wasn't uh, expecting that. I know some people hear 90 proof and they're like, "What do you mean?" You know, but there's stuff over there. It's 100 proof. That's smooth as hell. But this, yeah, this, I took a sip and I was before I went on the air and I was like, "Damn!" Definitely got some heat. Um, I wouldn't say this is going to crack my favorites list. Um, you know, as of right now, it's not something I'm particularly enjoying. But, uh, you know, that's the process. You drink some stuff, find you like it, and go from there. I'm not big on the the real, you know, bam, the heat heat whiskeys. You know, and then this was, I still think this, this is like a $35, $45 bottle. So it's, you know, in the 1870s, not the... Uh, most common old forester i grabbed this one just because i had not seen it very often i thought oh maybe that's kind of cool so maybe i should have stuck with like the 1920 which i think is kind of something everybody has i know i see a lot of reviews and people raving on this um so far uh, it's kind of meh with me i'm not i mean it's not terrible it's better than the evan williams bottle and bond but um you know, it's got a really cool color. It smell. It kind of almost has a paint thinner smell to it. It almost smells like a cheap bourbon, but supposedly it's not. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there's paint thinner in my glass. I'm just kidding. Anyways, like I said, seven days till vacation. Um, and I was thinking, I still haven't decided if I'm going to be doing an episode while I'm down in the Gulf. There's actually an app you can use called anchor to do podcasts uh, some people i follow uh on tiktok and stuff that's kind of how they do theirs it's supposed to be really easy to use i'm not i think it only distributes to spotify so i'm not i'm not real keen on that just because i like to you know be able to although it seems like a lot of my downloads do come from spotify but you know i like to be able to present on every platform 
or whatever. I, I was kind of keen on just taking the week off just because it's good to relax. You know, I talked about that early on in this third season or third year, whatever you want to call it, about not forcing episodes when they're not there um, to try to give better, I guess, content is the word people use now. But, you know, and then I was like, oh, I could maybe do it Friday, but I think we have some plans on Friday night. And, you know, there's always a lot that goes in. We fly out midday on Saturday, so here's to hoping the weather's good and that my anxiety isn't crawling through the roof because I fucking hate flying. I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, I can actually do Podbean um, from my phone as well. I think there's an option to go live where it would literally... I'll, I'll let you in. I think I've said this before. I pre-record these. I don't edit them. I have the ability to, but I, I've never, I, I don't think I've, it maybe once in the whole three years I've been doing this, I edited an episode. And I think I just kind of chopped out some boring stuff at the end because I didn't like how I ended it. But um, I'll keep everyone posted on what I'm going to do. I mean, for those, I, I don't think you're going to miss anything life-changing if I decide to take the week off while I'm soaking my toes in the uh, golf. Hopefully... Not being rained on the whole week or whatever, but you know what? Vacation's vacation. You're fortunate enough to go, regardless of the weather. It's an opportunity. I, I guarantee one thing: it won't be snowing there. And to me, that's a win. Uh, this week on the uh, Aaron Rodgers front, you know, I was actually saw like an hour ago. They said the Jets and Packers have worked out all the uh, details. If there were. If there was going to be a trade or if Rodgers is on board, it was reported that the Jets actually flew in to meet with Rodgers this week. I think it was the GM, the owner, head coach, and their offensive coordinator, who was the offensive coordinator for the Packers a few years back, and he coached for the Broncos last year, and he's terrible, and they shit-canned him after like seven games, eight games, something like that, ten games maybe. Um, No one's 100% confirmed the meeting, but... Every media source is saying it happened, but every media source says a lot of shit that's not true. So, you know, I never know how to take it. You know, the more the more I hear about it, like, I don't get Rodgers going to the Jets theory at all. The Jets are an awful franchise. Like, they've always just been in shambles. They don't compete. They make terrible moves. They sign terrible players. They draft terrible, uh, hence why they're looking for a quarterback right now. When they drafted Zach Wilson, was he like number two overall pick year before last? And and he he sucks. Like the only thing the guy ever did in college, he lit up Tennessee before uh, Josh Heupel got there. But um, so the only you know he would if Rodgers leaves, he'd be going to play in a tougher division. I mean, you play Miami twice, the Bills twice, the Patriots twice. Uh, a tougher conference. You've got a lot of the young future QB stars. The NFL are all in the AFC. You know, you've got Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Herbert uh, in, well, I wanted to say LA. Or, yeah, LA, not San Diego. It used to be San Diego. And, you know, you could even say Tua in Miami. But, you know, I, you know, there's just, I think there's a, a youth movement in that conference, but that's going to be a tougher conference for years to come. And I would stay in the NFC, but I get also Green Bay probably doesn't want to trade him in the NFC. And I find it kind of weird that Favre went the route of, 
you know, Packers to the Jets, and then he did the whole retirement thing with the Jets, and really he just was his gateway into going to the Vikings. And so the only reason I could see this happening is if Rodgers really just wants out of Green Bay, and maybe there's limited options, uh, which, I, I mean, I guess I could understand. It, but to me, it's a dumb move. You, he won't be poised to contend for a Super Bowl in New York. You know, so maybe that's not his thing. It's, it's not about money because he already has the biggest contract for a quarterback that the Packers are committed to and locked into paying him, even having to pay some of it if they trade him. And he creates a bigger salary cap hit being traded than if he just plays for them, which some of that stuff in the NFL is just stupid. You know, and then you have the New York media as a complete circus and Rodgers being as open and outspoken as he kind of is. I, I don't feel like that's a nonsense he'll want to deal with. I feel like that'll be a distraction. You know, he dislikes the bullshit in the media that has gone on the last couple off-seasons. And New York is a 24-7, 365 media cycle, and he's going to be right there under the bright lights and microscope the whole time. You know, so my personal guess is he comes back or he retires you know, I I think if he comes back, the Packers have to really commit to going all in. Uh, they've made a lot of – they've freed up some cap room by restructuring a lot of deals. I think if he comes back, his deal is also one of the ones that needs to be greatly restructured. You can't pay someone $50 million and expect to compete. I just think that's nonsense. It's great money, but it's not like he needs it. But, you know – he said when he came out of his darkness retreat a few weeks ago that we would know fairly soon. I, I think he's really going to have to lay his cards on the table before the NFL draft, You know, which huge news in the draft this week as well. Uh, the Chicago Bears traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. for uh, they, they swapped first-round picks this year. Uh, I believe the Bears had another first. They have two first-round picks. They'll have the ninth and the sixteenth. I could be wrong, but uh, they get a Panther. The Panthers uh, pick neck first-round pick next year, a second-round pick as well. It, it, great deal. I feel like the for what's available at the top of this year's draft board, the the Bears won out like bandits. I don't know what who or what Carolina. You know who they want. Who I don't look at any of these quarterbacks that are coming out and thinking, okay, hey, th this guy's worth selling the farm on. And I feel like any team that's ever really done one of these moves has never benefited. Um, so we'll see. You know, word is that Carolina was, is really high on Anthony Richardson out of Florida, which the guy's an amazing athlete, but he's a terrible quarterback. And I'm not one of those people that you draft people on potential. I mean, I guess you look at it from its, its job. Like, do you hire someone based on what you think they have the potential to do? Or do you want to bring someone in who can actually just do the job from day one? You know, and if you're looking at someone who can do the job from day one, I would think Bryce Young out of Alabama would be the top pick. But, you know, what do I know? You know, they could go defense. I think Jalen Carter probably would have been the number one pick for the Bears had he not fucked up and got in trouble with the law and involved in that whole car crash and car racing thing but you know so <clears throat> anyways not to go on a tangent and get away from the Rodgers thing but I think especially you know Rodgers having more he I think his options are more limited now with Derek Carr 
the former uh, Vegas Raiders quarterback signing with the Saints. Uh, Daniel Jones is staying with the Giant for an ins- the Giants for an insane amount of money. The dude's going to make more money than Patrick Mahomes, and, and he's terrible. Like, he's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns, um, I think, in his career. he's Last year, he actually threw more interceptions than he had games played. Or maybe it was, I don't know, some, he has some kind of odd stat the last three seasons, which, which isn't something to be proud of. Uh, the Ravens franchised Lamar Jackson, which there's still potential they can move him. I feel like this guy's not getting any love. He's a former MVP. I don't know what all the I think Lamar Jackson has shown he can play. Baltimore traded a lot of his weapons and hasn't done anything. I mean, he's kind of in a situation like Aaron Rodgers was for you. You know, there's no talent around him. He can't do it all on his own. Geno Smith resigned in Seattle. Uh, you know, so the, really the only other quarterback out there that anyone might try to sign is Jimmy G out of uh, San Francisco. And I honestly think he's going to go to Vegas and join the Raiders. So, like I said, you know, Rodgers may have more leverage now as far as being the only quality option out there. But I think he's also got less places to go. This kind of under the... I don't know, underground rumbling I've been reading about a lot, which is crazy, is that the Dolphins might actually be really interested in Aaron Rodgers with uh, Tua's health. I think he's had like 57 concussions. Not really, but seems like for some of the stuff I've seen that guy do and just the hits he's taken, I I would quit playing, but I'm not him. But if I'm Rodgers, going to South Beach is a way better option than the Jets. I mean, you're still in that same tough division, but you're on a way better team with way better ownership. You have weapons and Tyree Kill, um, Jalen Waddle. What I think um, they have that tight end. I can't think of his name, but I think he might be a free agent. A good offensive-minded coach uh, seems to be a players' coach. Defense is solid. You know, I and you're in South Beach in Florida. Way better tax bracket than in Wisconsin or New York. Um, so, you know, I, I, that's where I would go, but, you know, like I've said before, till we know something, we ultimately know nothing and we're just guessing. And, you know, like I said, my, my thought is he stays or he retires. I, you know, if he gets traded, I'd be shocked, but anything can happen. I mean, years ago when Wayne Gretzky got traded from the Oilers to the Kings, I was like, what the fuck? I I didn't think that would ever happen. You know, I was like, wow, the biggest guy in. The, you know, not that Rodgers is that, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Like, case in point, what a great segue. Went this past Wednesday when Argentinian Alba Ruda was presented by First Lady and Pretend Doctor Jill Biden the International Women of Courage Award. But here's the catch. Alba Ruda is a dude, a biological man was given an award that's called the International Women of Courage Award. I'm going to take a sip of whiskey. I'm going to let you guys breathe that in a moment and think about that and and rationalize that and and make sense of that. Uh, The way this whiskey tastes is about as easy to swallow as uh, what I just told you. Can you imagine someone trying to pass this shit off 30 to 40 years ago? Like, 
maybe closer 40 to 50 because I guess 30 years ago was kind of fucking 1990. Isn't that crazy? I think to myself, oh, 30 years ago, and I'm thinking I'm talking about the 70s, which that's really 50 years ago. But anyways, and I get time changes, but logic and common sense and sanity kind of don't. They're kind of constants, you know. They, I mean, I, I used to think they were. Uh, my opinion on that changes every day. But all the women in the world, and this dude was chosen. Like, could you imagine being the runner-up? Like, what that would do to your uh, self-confidence, your personal image, how you see yourself. Like... <clears throat> I saw this story. When I first saw this story, I kind of looked around and waited, you know. But I was, like, caught off guard because, you know, who never had a word to say about this? Feminists. You know, those people, you know, those hardcore women who are always crying about equality for women and that men are keeping women down and men have all the advantages and men make more money and men get all the breaks and men benefit more from society and blah, 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 this and blah, 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 that. But they seem totally fine and have gone silent with a guy tucking his dick, wearing a wig, putting some makeup on and getting awarded for courage of all things. Courage. You know, I, I think these last few years, you know, and maybe longer, kind of like how racism and racist has lost its actual, like any validity to the word because how loosely it's used, just like hate. And, um, you know, people think words are violence. I, I almost feel like courage gets assigned to some of the weakest, silliest, mundane things that it... it the words almost lost any credibility. Like, like it doesn't matter. Like, you know, what the fuck is the world coming to? And I honestly ask that seriously, you know, and I wish I could give you legitimate answers and tell you, you know what? Yeah, it sucks, but look over there. See that? There's an end in sight. But I can't say I'd believe it if I even told you that. You know, and the other thing I think at, you know, when I try to step back and maybe look at look at the uh, events and things that happen, like, in a global picture, like, is a, a big picture, trying to see a few moves ahead or looking back, looking forward, kind of, you know, like, treating it like a card game. And, like, okay, you look at this, and I can't wrap my head around this, this administration has been mired in nonsense. Like, I feel like they're being laughed at on the daily. They have virtually no credibility. Like, the Joe Biden's a joke. He's laughed at, on, you know, maybe on our liberal news stations you don't see it because, you know, liberals and Democrats are very well protected by the media. But if you see any videos of broadcasts from around the world like, like we're we're the laughing stock and a lot of this shit is why you know so you ha I ask myself is this administration are, are they not aware of this or do they simply not care you know because they like they cared and they wanted to like hey we need some positive press or 
let's do something that's going to generate, I don't know, you know, move the needle in the right direction. Then perhaps they give the award to a woman who's actually accomplished something, right? You know, but then I, you know, the cynic in me says, yeah, but maybe the game is so far gone and over and rigged that they don't even have to worry about the optics anymore. That it's just, bam, agenda, and we're steering the boat, and we don't care that there's a fucking iceberg right there. We're going to go right for it. You're going to stay on it with us, and we're going to tell you it's going to be fine the whole time, even though you see the fucking ship is sinking. You know, and and maybe in their feeble minds, they feel like if they constantly bombard us with insanity, that just like a cheap liquor, you know, you'll build up a tolerance to it, you know, that all these irrational things, they won't surprise you. They won't catch you off guard, you know, and, and our minds will have this buildup to all the tolerance, you know, intolerance to all the bullshit and weird shit and just stupid shit that maybe we're just forced into accepting it or we're only caught off guard when they do way, way, way stupid shit, which I know you're thinking, okay, they gave a dude a Women's Courage Award. How much, you know, how much more wrecked can it get? But I'm like, you know, you've always heard the phrase, hold my beer. There's always something coming, right? You know, and you think about it, and I don't know, maybe in the last almost 20 years, it's hard to recognize our country sometimes. You know, and I tell myself there's going to be this growing anti-left, anti-woke movement that that comes along. History tells us it will. You know, and the crazy part is it's not, you know, I think sometimes we don't, and I, I'm probably guilty of this, we don't different, differentiate between Democrats, you know, leftists and Insanity. Not all Democrats are insane. All leftists usually are. Uh, and I feel like some of those, some of the people that are Democrats have been left by the Democrat Party because they go so far left. You know, and they want this crazy, crazy shit. You know, and I think sometimes maybe it's been a while. And, you know, Joe Biden is probably the ultimate proof of this, that people voted, were, will vote against something instead of for something. And maybe even Trump, you could say. Nobody wanted Hillary. It was, there were probably a lot of votes that were just like, I'm not voting for Hillary, so I voted for Trump. And just like some of those, you know, different sets of people were like, I'm not voting for Trump. Um, they weren't necessarily voting for Biden. They just weren't going to vote for Trump. And, you know, I tell myself, okay, we need some kind of movement sooner rather than later. And, and you know, I guess I would call myself a conservative. I, I've, I'm very fiscally conservative. Um, socially, I don't really give a shit about social issues. You know, like what you do with your life is like, don't do it in my face. Don't subject me to it if I don't want to see it. Um, live your life, do whatever you want. But like, leave my money alone, you know, and I think I'll, I think it's I'll be first to say I think a lot of the Republicans don't share my values anymore either. Um, very few. You know, like, even when you looked at uh, Tucker Carlson releasing a lot of the January 6th footage, you know, you had, it was given to, an, uh, given to him by Speaker 
uh, Kevin McCarthy, and I'm not a fan of Kevin McCarthy. Uh, but then you had Senate Minority Leader, Republican, knee-deep, swamp rat, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell should have been voted. Mitch McConnell's a piece of shit. Uh, denouncing it, you know, and saying Tucker's bad. And you got people like Jimmy Kimmel saying, Jimmy Kimmel's just an idiot, saying, you know, it's bad. And, like, Tucker has the video to contradict a lot of what we've been told. And people are like... Like, they don't want to believe it. It's the same people that are still wearing masks, even though, like, COVID's not a thing. You know, it, it's done. But I just feel like, you know, if you're a conservative, if you're not a liberal, you, there needs to be a voice. We need a guide. And maybe DeSantis is the guy taking us forward through this garbage. You know, because I feel like at this point, the only way forward is through. But we are going to need a guide and a new voice and... Not just a bunch of voices bickering over who should be the voice, not old rhinos like McConnell and Romney, uh, you know. And I think a lot of those guys are just wolves in sheep's clothing and that there really needs to be a new direction for the party or maybe even a new party that represents, you know, the everyday people of this country. But I don't know if we will ever see a legitimate third party. As much as we, we, we know, and it's ironic because we know we need it, I think there's no one to represent the values of everyday Americans. But the money and influence it would take to start a viable third party, I don't know if it's out there. I think the one person who could have done it previously could have been Trump. But I don't know if he's if that's a viable option for him now, having been ran as a Republican and won, ran as a Republican and lost say, like, he doesn't pull well in the next primaries uh, in 2024, then it looks like, okay, you're starting the third party for the wrong reasons. But, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a, I was a Trump guy. Um, I just, I, I think he did a lot of great things. I think he was screwed out of the presidency uh, by a lot of Republicans as well. I, I just think maybe we need a new voice. I think someone who can reach everybody and I'm not talking about uniting because I don't think that can happen. I think there's, you know, I think we're foolish to think. I mean, we may be able to coexist, but there's not going to be this united hand holding. You know, you had people calling you racist and, you know, saying you're selfish for not wearing masks. And, and I think the opportunity to bridge those gaps has come and went. You know, we're, this isn't going to be like the, uh, whatever they called it after the Civil War. But um, it's not, there needs to be somebody who can reach everybody and find people that are middle-of-the-road people, that people are cross, that are crossing over or leaving a party. You know, and I'm not even sure if that person exists or has emerged yet, but, but I'm hopeful they will. You know, I guess I just hope that we just keep moving forward with the hopes that 2024, regardless, has a better outcome for the country as a whole, for the everyday, um, you know, person who probably feels very underrepresented, just like they did, I think, uh, in Obama's terms, which led to, you know, the the whole Trump phenomenon. But we'll see. I mean, you know, so much of it comes off as rigged and scammed. 
Like, it, it gets so weird sometimes. I saw Bernie Sanders on Bill Maher the other day, and if you didn't see uh, Russell Brand, I shared the video on our Facebook page. Russell Brand killed it when he, one of the, some guy from MSNBC was attacking Fox as being like a propaganda network. And, and Brand pointed out that, you, you know, MSNBC is one as well, gave him examples of bullshit stories they told and things they lied about. It was like, you know, how are you trying to make anything better when you just do the same thing for the other side? He was like, you know, you're bad, they're bad. You can't, you know, and, and the guy wasn't here, you know, but it was Russell Brand spitting truths. He does a great podcast. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it. Um, he, he's a brilliant mind. And, um, you know, if you like Joe Rogan, I think you'll like Russell Brand. You might like Russell Brand even better. <clears throat> But, um, yeah, I was, so yeah, Bernie Sanders was on there, and Bernie Sanders said some things that I actually agreed with, and, and I'm not going to lie, I felt dirty for a moment, because, you know, it's fucking Bernie Sanders, but he made some very solid points, um, I think there were points that if Sanders had stuck, stayed in the lane of the things he was discussing as far as, you know, blue-collar workers, and it wasn't all about socialism and everybody, it was just saying how, you know, Nobody looks out for little guys. And this, and he was right in the way he was describing it and, you know, the way the government acts. And I was like, okay, you know, you could take this and stay in a in a track, the right track, and you could probably do something with it. But, yeah, so, yeah, you just heard me give Bernie Sanders a compliment. Uh, don't get used to it. But uh, speaking of comedians, you like that? Um, I don't know, did any of you see uh chris rock's new netflix special it's called a selective outrage if you haven't check it out um i think chris rock has always been gold in his stand-up specials for years you know even dating back to when he was on the he had the chris rock show on hbo was amazing the chris rock show it was kind of like a a sketch comedy show where he, he would interview a celebrity they would do skits you know, he would do, like, segments and stuff like that. It was almost kind of like Chappelle's show before there was Chappelle's show. But uh, I believe this is his second Netflix special, and, and Chris Rock did not disappoint. Uh, you know, he, he had, from his takes on relationships, divorce, uh, fatherhood, even the incident at the Oscars with Will Smith, it is literally just a great piece of comedy. And honestly, he buries Will Smith and does it with so much class and wit that I feel like if enough people see this, it could easily be the end of Will Smith. You know, and, and Rock, Rock, Chris Rock kind of a lot of times says what we're all thinking. And I feel like he's always had a knack for that. Like he's always kind of had a, reminds me a lot too, like a very different presentation, but like of George Carlin. Like George Carlin kind of could, would say those things we were all thinking and didn't talk about or maybe not a lot of us talked about you know and I think sometimes people focus on the things like Chris Rock like gets a lot of flack for his use of the n-word just like Dave Chappelle but Rock delivers it brilliantly and often with great context so it works you know and Kind of this being the gateway into the, the next thing I want to talk about, which, wow, I'm, I'm running really long tonight. Um, at one point, he was talking about the biggest addiction in this country, you know, and he, he, and he was spot on, you know, and it took me a second 
to when he started naming off things it wasn't, you know. And the the number one things that the number one thing that Americans are addicted to, it's not opioids, it's not crack, it's not alcohol. It's attention. And it was kind of cathartic for me because it was so obvious and so true. But at the same time, I never really thought about it. But I was like, it's true. Like, it, it was pure gospel. You know, and it seems attention has become this thing that most people can't live without or, you know, can't go a day without or maybe even an hour or 15 minutes without attention. You know, whether it's likes on social media or whether it's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or maybe just in their everyday life, people crave and seek attention. You know, the hug chasers. And I think, especially the younger generation, they get the most flack for it, you know, as, as being these seekers of instant gratification and all that. And their lives balance on this thin line of likes, follows, and correlating these things as acceptance or being important or for their lives to have value or social status being, you know, like some form of hierarchy. But I think the thing we overlook the most and who gets away with how desperate they seek attention, there's an older generation that is not immune to this either. And you go on any social media platform and you all have these friends or acquaintances or maybe even people you just follow because they're fucking train wrecks and you will find them. They're these 40-something divorced soccer moms trying to act like they're 20. You know, like they're in their 20s. They're posting everything they do from making breakfast to doing their fucking makeup to whatever clothes they decide that to wear that day. Um, when they go get what they get from Starbucks, what they got from Amazon this day, uh, you know, it, every fucking mundane detail of their life, they're out there and they're, they're chasing hugs for it. You know, it, it's it's the least interesting shit and probably lowest quality form of entertainment, if you even want to call it entertainment, maybe just content. And here's the sad part. It works. These people will have hundreds of thousands of followers, admirers, subscribers, whatever you want to call them, and maybe you even have some that don't have that many. You know, and they'll post videos trying to talk to you about, you know, like they're the subject matter expert on whatever crawled up their ass today, whether it's how to fucking cut a peach, make a steak, ride a bike, the best stroller for a baby, a blanket for your dog, where to get your tires rotated. You know, and it makes sense because where do you think the term influencer came from? And, and I think they use this term more, they use influencer because it's way more friendly than saying hug chaser. You know, hug chaser is not a compliment. And maybe I'm the only one who notices, or maybe I'm the only one here talking about it. And I bet there's people I am friends with on social media that are going to be rubbed the wrong way by this. But if if you just listen to what I'm saying, I'm right. And if it rubs you the wrong way, 
there's no one I'm singling out. I'm, I'm, this is globally, but then maybe, you know, it, it's speaking to your insecurities and why you do what you do. But, you know, TikTok, for instance, and for all its entertainment and amazing videos of dogs doing funny things and people getting hurt and Karens, you know, causing scenes or whatever, it is a sea of attention seekers. Just people wanting and needing validation. You know, and maybe I'm guilty of it too, you know, but I tell myself I use it to draw people into the podcast or just using it as a form to entertain people to think, hey, this guy's funny, witty, maybe he's got something to say worth hearing, you know, and maybe I'm only entertaining myself and I'm cool with that too. But something, you know, something's working because three years later I'm still here and you guys, there's more of you guys every week. So, and I said this to my wife today in the car and I was like, and I, I'm going to make you guys a promise. The day I call myself an influencer or refer to myself as some form of influencer, I will quit this. I will walk away because that's not who I am, not what I'm about. But maybe if somebody throws a lot of money at me, maybe I'll change my mind. But honestly, I doubt it because I'm kind of stubborn and set in my ways. And I, I pride myself on being real, you know. Maybe real to a fault at times. You know, I kind of am who I am. One of my favorite quotes, and I might have said this early on, uh, Popeye. I am what I am, and that's all that I am. It's kind of deep if you think of it. I know Popeye was a cartoon. He ate spinach and fought, was it Bluto, and chased the skinny olive oil lady. If you've ever never seen the Popeye movie from like 1983 or 82 with Robin Williams, you have to fucking see it. I remember totally going off script right now. Uh, we had a bunch of people over in Florida. It was me, Scott, my brother, I don't know, girls we were hanging out with and we went and rented movies like when you still used to do that from blockbuster and it might have been dvds whatever and we were all hanging out having pizzas drinking watching some movies dude and each one of us picked a movie and i fucking picked popeye like i don't even think we made it 40 like everyone shit all over my movie choice i like it was instant buzz kill for everyone but this movie is brilliant and those of you who have seen it know what i'm talking about but, uh, you know, God bless Robin Williams, God rest his soul. But, uh, yeah, I just thought I would share that random tidbit with you. But, uh, yeah, back to me, my favorite topic. But, you know, and I, I, I share real details with you. Not every detail of my life because some of that's just boring day-to-day -day shit. Uh, you know, I try to give insight into how I'm feeling. And a lot of times the things I share are probably more for me than they are for you. Um, you know, it's kind of like I'm talking to myself and recording it. It's kind of what I think about sometimes. Like, I don't look at it. Some episodes more than others, I feel like I'm talking to you guys. But I feel like I'm just trying to have a real conversation. You know, I, I want to say something you can relate to, that someone can relate to. Or be like, okay, you know, and yeah, do I get personal at times? Sure, you know. And like I said, that's, it's not for entertainment purpose. It's not for some form of validation. I think it's just to give, lend some credibility to not being, I don't want to be a caricature of Neil. Like, I'm just Neil. 
you know, and I think every day I'm working to trying to be a better version of myself. And, uh, you know, during the bourbon sessions, if you listen to it, Brandon had said, I believe this was on the taped portion. We, We hung out for a while afterward, but that over the last year, you've seen maybe some of the anger come out of the podcast as I've just found I'm at a better place mentally and just personally in my life that I've learned to, you know, I don't let things bother me as much as they should. You know, you don't, you you know, for those of you who missed the old rants, there probably won't be a lot of those anymore because I feel like I've grown as a person. You know, I've learned, I'm not like all mature or anything like that. I just, what's the point? You know, it's just, I want I say things you know because I want to I want to make people think I don't want you to think like I do I just want you to think you know and, and I th- I think it would be condescending if I tried to present myself as like something special or someone you should all aspire to be or even allow allow yourselves to be influenced by me I mean I, I'm super cool and I'm awesome and witty and great at trivia. And have this kick-ass basement that I get to hang out in. My dogs are great. My life is great. My wife's amazing. But, um, you know, that that's all good for me. That doesn't have to be good for you. <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I was, I was thinking about that. You know, attention. People crave attention. You know, and the sad part is people who think, like, that's what brings them value. You know, but, like, my best advice would be just just be you and we're all great in our own ways you know and, and your flaws your challenges your struggles we all have them you know maybe you think you're the only one going through you're not you know and if you're brave enough to talk about it you know that maybe puts you one up on all these people that are going through the same thing and don't talk about it and try to you know, wear the rose-colored glasses and think everything's all right. But we all have obstacles in their life, you know. And sometimes you have to look at those things and ask yourself, is it really as big of an obstacle as I'm allowing it to be? You know, and we're all in control of our own destiny. You know, we control our own happiness. We control our own self-worth. We control, you know decisions dictate outcomes, so on and so forth. But attention, attention though, think about it. If your kids are addicted to attention, you know, all of our kids maybe, you know, huh, where did we go wrong? And, you know, and I think about that a lot too. You know, just like another story is like, I remember a time when my daughter was younger um, and I don't know how much younger, not, she had her Instagram, and she removed, like, all pictures from her Instagram. And they weren't, like, pictures of herself. They were, like, pictures she took, like, from traveling, personal experiences, the dogs, flowers, uh, sporting events, you know, sports she played in. And um, my wife and we asked her about it, you know, just kind of out of curiosity more than anything. And, um, you know, I was a little shocked by her reply, and she said that the pictures weren't good enough. You know, that they, you know, kind of implying they weren't cool or whatever, and that's why she took them down. And I'm not going to lie, I was sad. You know, it bothered me. And we kind of explained to her that it doesn't matter what others think. 
And I know that's super easy to say out loud. And to a teenager, it's, it's unfathomable to believe it doesn't matter what people think. You know, but, but I felt bad. You know, honestly, even to this day, my kid doesn't, she has very little social media presence. And honest, I should I should really probably be thankful for that because it's, you know, I hope it's for the right reasons, you know. But, yeah, you know, maybe she's not seeking attention or maybe she seeks attention by not seeking attention. But I was thinking and I was like, maybe altogether we quit seeking attention or seeking as much attention. You know, it, it, is it even possible? You know, we take and we reinvest that energy into ourself. You know, don't, like I was saying, like, don't look for others to validate you or build you up or build yourself up. And I, I get not everyone, we're all different. Not everyone is like me. I literally do not care what people think of me or say about me. And it's a gift and it's a curse. But honestly, the way, you know, the way I look at it, the way people talk about you or to you, it often says more about them than it does you. Me, I have self-awareness to know that I am an acquired taste. People either love me or they hate me. There's no in the middle. And it is what it is. And I am what I am. And that's all that I am. You know, and I, I live, live my truth. And I just, I'm just me. You know, I've, I've never felt the need to try and endear myself to more people. Like, why? Like, I, I'm, I'm me. You know, take it or leave it. You know. And, and folks, that's one to grow on. Remember those things on, like, Saturday? Was it Saturday morning cartoons or after school specials, if that was even a thing? But seriously, just, just be you. Worry about you. You know, worry about what you control. Like, my wife always says, you do you, you know. I think if more people, like, understood what that meant and did that, that things would be better off. I'm pushing an hour. I'm not even done yet, folks. I clearly should not do these sober going forward. All right, so the big wrap-up. The music portion of the show. This week I chose When You Were Young by The Killers. I love this song. Uh, the Killers formed in Las Vegas in 2001. It's crazy to think that was 22 years ago. Uh, by lead singer Brandon Flowers, bass player Dave Kooning. They've released seven albums. They've sold more than 28, millions, ugh, 28 million albums worldwide. And because of this, they're considered one of the biggest rock bands of the 21st century. Um, it seemed like there for a while they were like, the band, the big band, and rock and roll and all that. A uh, cool story about the Killers is uh, their band name is actually derived from a logo on a drum that was seen in a New Order video. It was a pretend band, and it was like the logo New Order was... New Order's really cool. Um, I know eons ago I did a segment on New Order, uh, and their music is amazing. Uh, it's easy to see that they were an influence on the Killers as well. So check out New Order as well. <clears throat> but uh, the Killers kind of burst onto the scene with their first release, Hot Fuss, which was in 2004, featuring Mr. Brightside, Somebody Told Me, All These Things That I've Done, Smile Like You Mean It. The album peaked at number seven on the Billboard 200 chart. They were 
touring. They were all over MTV. They they were huge. They just kind of bam mainstream. Uh, the second release, Sam's Town, released in two thousand six, had the hits Bones, Read My Mind, uh, this week's feature song When You Were Young. Uh, I was reading about the album, and then lead singer Brandon Flowers kind of described the album Sam's Town. It was kind of like a timepiece that told the story of all the important events in his life that had kind of got him to where he was, you know, today at the time of the release. I thought that was kind of neat. I think that's kind of genuine. The album, uh, third album, Day and Age, came out in 2008, featuring the songs Human. I think everyone has heard that song. The World We Live In and Spaceman. There have been uh, four more releases after this, and I'll be honest, I've never listened to them. But uh, I actually added some of them to my Apple Music this week. When I get around to it, I'll chill out, listen to some killers. Maybe I'll do it when I get off of here. Um, but they have a really cool sound. I always kind of enjoyed their sound. I think, you know, they were kind of a breath of fresh air when they came through. You know, they seemed like on the heels of the killers, there were a bunch of bands that were like the whatever, the the bands. And I feel like at times they got kind of looped in with all those other bands in the rock scene then. But the killers kind of had more depth. I felt like they always showed growth in their creative direction and were just an all-around great band, supposedly put on amazing live shows. You don't hear about them getting in trouble or, I don't know, maybe I just never did. Anyways, but yeah, so you've all heard of them. Check out check out The Killers, revisit The chiller, the Killers. If you haven't, you know, like I said, listen to them. Have a great weekend. Uh, check out the, vo- the Bourbon Sessions Volume 1. Uh, hopefully there's not a ton of snow on the ground when I wake up in the morning or go back upstairs. As always, thank you for joining me on this long journey tonight. And uh, have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys next week. Maybe. <laughs> Later. <laughs>